Welcome to Out of Bounds. I'm Addie Thomas. I'm David Adams, and you're listening to Quick Hits. As a reminder, don't forget to check out our website, talkoutofbounds.com. There's a ton of ways for you to get in touch with us. As always, we'd love to hear from you. And while you're at our website, don't forget to check us out on iTunes. It'll make it really easy to keep up with the show, and it'll help us bring you some even better content down the road. That being said, let's get right into Quick Hits. A Steelers fan tweeted out that he'd run out onto the field if he got 400 retweets. But before he got a chance to, Steelers security saw the tweet and they took him away. You can't outrun the law at Hans Field. (laughs) (laughs) You got to check this out on our website, uh, talkoutofbounds.com. We're going to be posting this story and all the other ones that we talk about, as well as a few others we don't talk about. The picture that this dude put up when he's actually being taken away on the cart by the police is really funny. (laughs) I mean, it's it's just a really priceless selfie. You just, you definitely need to check it out. So when you're 42 and still making big plays in the NFL, expect to get drug tested, even if you're a kicker. Colts kicker Adam Vinatieri was drug tested the day after kicking a 53-yard field goal. The irony here, of course, being that people who are taking a bunch of drugs are probably not motivated to play that well. <laughs> ageism. Ageism, I say. Not just conspiracies this week, but there's ageism, too. <laughs> Former Bills head coach Doug Marone decided to leave Buffalo, but he will still get paid $4 million for the 2015 season, even if he gets a head coaching job elsewhere. Reportedly, Marone was at odds with the Bills' front office, and he even opposed the trade that brought Sammy Watkins to the Bills. Is there any other job besides coaching a professional team where you could get paid $4 million by an organization that you literally do no work for? No work. Uh, I think, like, American senators. <laughs> All right, good point. Politics always, always, a, always a really ethical organization. The real loser here, though, seems to be the players. It sounds like most of them found out that Marone was leaving from the media. The team didn't really seem to let them know, which has to be a really rough way to find out that your your guy in charge is leaving you. Let me ask you something. How much tougher do you think Marone just kind of up and leaving? How much tougher do you think that's going to make the environment for whoever the next head coach is? Oh, this is uh, its going to be rough, <laughs> crazy, ridiculous. It's just a, such an unhealthy atmosphere to get into. The only thing that could make it easier is by bringing in other proven talent, you know, with personnel, player personnel, with scouting, other people that other head coaches can trust so that they feel that they have more of a support system. There's still an opportunity for the Bills. They're not the worst organization in football, honestly. No, they're not the Redskins. <laughs> right, or the Raiders. <laughs> So, so they still they still have a chance to to be a better place to attract some good talent. The problem is, once again, they have to have that reassurance that they have a support system from the front office. Yeah, this kind of echoes my sentiment about what happened in San Francisco with the divorce between Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers. What a waste. I think this was the Bills' first winning season since 2004, something like that. I mean, it's been a long time. They were relevant in the playoff conversation. I don't know how realistic of a shot they had, but they were alive in the playoff race until I think week 16, maybe week 15. That has not been the case for quite a while, and this is definitely a setback. The wildcard games this weekend saw some of the highest ratings for each network. Sunday's Lions-Cowboys game was actually the most watched telecast since the Academy Awards. 
Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that really gets people going, that really makes you think that this stuff is rigged. And although I don't totally subscribe to that, I definitely empathize with that perspective. I also definitely think this is a surefire sign that we're going to see the playoffs expanded in the very immediate future. I know I keep harping on this, but this is a major change, and it's definitely coming. In addition to these crazy ratings, we also now have a new broadcaster in the mix. ESPN is finally getting the rights to broadcast some playoff games. Definitely look for a number seven seed to start being in the playoffs in the future years. ESPN and sports broadcasting legend Stuart Scott passed away this weekend in his fight with cancer. There have been plenty of tributes to him since then, but probably the most moving one was the one from former co-host and current NFL Network anchor and analyst Rich Eisen. It is absolutely a must-watch video. It is heartbreaking to watch this. And and even seeing the clips of him uh, broadcasting with Stuart Scott, it's just, man, it, it is insane to see. And, and I have to say that I, I loved watching Stuart Scott. I thought he brought a ton of personality to a job that most people kind of sometimes kind of wasted away with just sort of a generic announcing type of gig, but he brought a ton of personality to it. And it, it was incredible to watch him over the years. So I was away. I was at a wedding in Texas this weekend. I was all set to return home on Sunday, and I turned on Sunday NFL Countdown while I was packing, and I turned it on at about 9 o'clock Central Time, so that's about 10 a.m. Eastern. That was just as the news was breaking that Stuart Scott had passed away, and what really struck me was that I could flip the channel to any sports broadcasting, NFL Network, ESPN, any of the ESPNs, and nobody was talking about the playoff matchups that were coming up that day. Everybody was talking about this one guy. And obviously, this isn't somebody that you or I know, but when there's that strong of a reaction in any sort of community, it really lets you know, even if you didn't know this person personally, it really lets you know how much they meant to all of these people. The fact that I couldn't get any sort of coverage of the games, it was just about this person, really tells you a lot. And this is obviously a real loss. There, there aren't enough Stuart Scotts out there. Rams owner Stan Kroenke is dead set on moving the team to L.A. He's even stated that he would move the team even if the NFL does not approve. Conceptual designs of a potential L.A. stadium have even been released. The mayor of St. Louis has even gone as far as stating that they will not get into a bidding war to keep the Rams in St. Louis. Why does everybody want to move to L.A.? According to the TV show 24, this is a site of perpetual (laughs) terrorism. Why would anybody want to go there? Come on, there's terrorists there all the time. Yes, but amazing weather, terrorism, amazing weather. Well, then stay, go to San Diego, get two teams in San Diego, amazing weather minus the terrorists. (laughs) I have to say one thing, though. The designs for that stadium look amazing. Like, it looks like an oasis paradise. Like, it looks more like a resort than a stadium. Yeah, and that's basically the stadium that you'd have to build if it was the Raiders and you needed to get people to show up to the games. Like, you got to give them something because I'll tell you, the attraction would not be the on the field play. The 49ers continue their search for a head coach. One leading candidate is former Broncos and Redskins head coach Mike Shanahan, and he's also received interest from the Bills and the Raiders. The 49ers have also expressed interest in Shanahan's son, Kyle, Broncos offensive coordinator Adam Gase, and former Jets head coach Rex Ryan. But perhaps Shanahan's leading competitor is current 49ers defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. So I would say the biggest task facing the next 49ers head coach, regardless of who it is, is quote-unquote fixing Colin Kaepernick. He clearly regressed last season. So their big role is going to be kind of being a quarterback whisperer, getting him back on track. My question for you, who do you think the best candidate is to do that? 
Vic Fangio. I think even he's though the he's guy. an offensive guy, yeah, but I think it's about bringing in good offensive talent, bringing in a good uh, quarterbacks coach for Kaepernick more than getting a head coach who's going to be the developer. You shouldn't get a head coach who is gonna who's there for just one player. You need to get a, get a good. You mean head the coach. Redskins approach doesn't work? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, you just can't afford to spend all of that on one player. I mean, a team is a complete unit. And Vic Fangio, I think, is such a great candidate. I think he's the best head coach candidate out on the market right now. Wow. Because he showed that he could adjust even when a number of his major players were injured or suspended. And his defense still played incredibly well this year, despite being held back. He and Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, are the two best head coaching candidates on the market, in my opinion, just because they both have proven that they have a simple system, but they know how to adjust it to their available talent and they're not enough head coaches out in the NFL who do that I think there's just Bill Belichick and to be honest Mike McCoy the San Diego Chargers are some of the only guys who really do that with their teams well whoever the next head coach is they've got some really big shoes to fill there have been rumors that Eagles head coach Chip Kelly was on his way out those rumors are over now that the Eagles have restructured so that Kelly can oversee player personnel Howie Roseman is no longer GM, but now the executive vice president of football ops. What do the Eagles need to do this offseason in order to make sure that they don't do something stupid in December again, like lose to the Redskins? (laughs) Well, clearly uh, make sure Howie Roseman is not GM anymore. But, you know, it's interesting to see some of these head coaches start getting this kind of control because not all head coaches honestly can handle that kind of control. Some of these guys are better at just, you know, managing the team that they have and having someone else bring in talent for them. It'll be interesting to see if Kelly can make this adjustment, if he can do a better job of bringing in and drafting talent rather than his previous system of having a GM who's doing that for him. I think he's also going to have a lot tougher sledding next year because is I think the Giants are going to rebound. I think there's going to be three teams in the NFC East that are going to be pretty solid. Yeah, it's funny because he only had two bad teams in the division and yeah. they still couldn't win the division. So well, I mean, they were close. They were very close, but still, they should have beaten the Redskins. Absolutely. Rumors are that the Arizona Cardinals would like Larry Fitzgerald to take a pay cut from his $15 million salary. There is speculation that Fitzgerald will not be with the Cardinals next season. He has spent his entire career in Arizona. So the thing that Fitzgerald's probably going to be looking for in his next team is a Super Bowl contender. Because Super, he, yeah, Super Bowl contender or big contract, I think it's more likely Super Bowl contender. Yeah, because he's gotten paid. I yeah. mean, the Cardinals have paid him plenty at this point. He wants that ring. He wants that Super Bowl ring before he retires, and he's at the age where it needs to happen soon. So out of the Super Bowl quote-unquote contenders out there, who do you think is most likely to land Fitzgerald? I think the Patriots. Yeah. I think Belichick typically doesn't break the bank, but he hasn't had a possessive receiver like this since Randy Moss. Absolutely, and that's the big thing that they've always been missing, that deep down the field receiver that Brady can just chuck it up to and and come down with it pretty much no matter what. <laughs> yeah, this it's a shame, though. It's a shame to think of Fitzgerald not finishing out his career in Arizona. He's been a great Cardinal. He went through John Skelton as quarterback, <laughs> never complained. Derek I mean, Anderson. Yeah, this, this guy was like the ultimate team player for so many years. It's a shame that they're probably going to drift apart, but I guess that is really just the the nature of the business yeah i imagine though he'll come back to arizona after he 
retires and just kind of be a part of that community and, you know, with whatever charity work that he does, maybe even broadcasting or whatever else, I imagine he's still going to be very tightly, you know, connected with that organization. The Bengals defense had some issues pulling themselves together against Andrew Luck and the Colts offense. In fact, Bengals corner Pac-Man Jones and defensive tackle Geno Atkins nearly got into a fight on the sideline. Head coach Marvin Lewis had to separate them. Poor Marvin Lewis. You're (laughs) 0-6 in the playoffs. You have to break up near fights between your players. You have to break up near fights between your players and Mike Tomlin. It kind of sounds like he's running a daycare and not a professional football team. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can find all these stories and more on our website. Just go to talkoutofbounds.com. That's going to just about do it for this episode of Quick Hits. Be sure you keep an eye out for our preview of Championship Sunday real soon. 